Oh, oh, oh. 
חזק. שוב רעב היעד אורוך, ולאחי אמר חזק. Give me a 
A.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. A minute before 7 o'clock, great selection from Yummy Loey. That's Aishas Chayel off of the Avas Hashem collection. Limik Dashech, Yehuda Green. Before that, Yitzchak Fuchs, Shabbatot off of Miyad Nigalim. I, I feel it's important to play some regular Arab Shabbos music this Shabbos. I know Sukkot is right around the corner, and we're not going to have a jam in the AM. We will have jam Sunday on Arab Sukkot, but no jam in the AM between now and then. So, yeah, there are a lot of different selections I'd like to play for the upcoming day. But uh, I like reminding everybody that this is a regular Shabbos coming up. It also also helps calm some people down who are who are starting to wonder about getting through the two-day yuntif and everything everything that needs to be done to prepare for it. And then uh, to observe it, uh, shall have it orchestra and uh, and singers with the uh, amazing medley of music and of course Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a J.M. in the A.M. Friday erev Shabbos. Simcha Liner expected to join us. Malcolm Holmline in a bit of a of a shorter weekly update. He's in Israel, and I've uh, I've I've told him that we have so much to do with Cholamoid events today that we're going to cut our conversation to drop short, but he'll be with us Bezrat Hashem from the Holy Land. Coming up here at JM in the AM. Um, Ellie Gerstner is going to stop by. We'll talk about uh, the Englewood, New Jersey concert, which is coming up on the Wednesday, Cholomoid. We'll do that with Ellie. And, of course, our Yudin is going to be joining us uh, with words about the upcoming Parsha and holiday. It's the 25th of September, the 12th of Tishrei. It's a JM in the AM, Erev Shabbos. Uh, Parsha's Hazinu with candle lighting. What are we calling candle lighting time for six... Uh, I think for 6.30 officially, right? I'll check that out and let everybody know. Uh, but I believe that's what we're officially calling it. I believe it's 6.30, but I'll let you know in just uh, moments here at JM in the AM. Galit's on the background. Do our news from Israel coming up. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. We're calling candle lighting here for 628 officially. We'll call it for 628. Galitzalus, לאישור ממשלה בחופוף להמלטת הוועדה המייעצת למינוי בכירים בשירות המדינה בראשות השופט בדימוס יעקב טירקל. 
ראשית גייס לחטיבת הצנחנים בשנת 1981 והשתחרר מצה"ל לאחר שכיהן כמפקד פלחן 35 וכאן מפקד גדוד 50. הוא נשוי ואב לשבעה ילדים. הלך לעולמו, איש התקשורת מוטי קירשנבאום, עיתונאי, איש טלוויזיה ורדיו. קירשנבאום בן 76, חתן פרס ישראל ממקימי הטלוויזיה הישראלית, הגיש בשנים האחרונות את התוכנית לונדון את קירשנבאום בערוץ 10. יש כבר איזושהי כבדות כזו, אבל uh, הסקרנות לא עבדה. והסיפור הזה של לפרוש בשיא... זה אחד מהטמטומים הכי גדולים שנולדו אי פעם. לעולם אל תפרוש בשיא. נשיא המדינה רובי ריבלין ספד לו לפני זמן קצר. הסתלקותו של מוטי היא אובדן, אובדן איום של יוצר, כישרונו לשיח עם כל אדם. ובגובה העיניים שלו היו תמיד האשמה בעיניי. נתווכח איתו, עם מוטי פשוט היה גם תענוג. אלכס גלעדי שהקים יחד עם קירשנבאום את הטלוויזיה הישראלית ספד לו במשדר המיוחד בגל"צ. האיש שלימד את כולנו איך לחשוב, איך להפיק, איך לצלם, איך לקריין, איך להעביר את המסר לצופה. חוץ מזה, חבר, קרוב, איש שידע ליהנות מהחיים, איש שהחיים אהבו אותו, לא מבין למה לקחו אותו בפתאומיות כזאת. טוביה צפיר, חברו של קירשנבאום מחבורת ניקוי ראש, סיפר על תוכניותיהם להמשיך ולעבוד יחד בשנים הקרובות. סוג של אח גדול, אפילו הייתי אומר אבא, שגידל אותי ובזכותו נתפרסמתי. שותפות שנמשכה למעשה עד עצם הימים האלה. אנחנו לפני שלושה שבועות נפגשנו בית מיכאל, אפרים סידון ומוטי. והחלטנו לעבוד על תוכנית סאטירית חדשה. דבר שלא יצא כנראה. בלי מוטי זה לא אותו דבר. בהתהפכות רכב סמוך לצומת אלי פז בדרום נפצעו ארבעה בני אדם, שני ילדים בני ארבע ואישה נוספת באורח בינוני. גבר נוסף חולץ מהרכב לפני זמן קצר ויועבר במסוק לבית החולים. התחזית, היום יהיה בהיר ותחול ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, אך עדיין חם מהרגיל העונה. לעדכונים נוספים חפשו גל"צ בטוויטר, אלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב, בצוות אור שפירא ונועם נויפלד. Thank <laughs> you. 
of the Welcome Back Yom Tov classic with the Sukkis medley here at JM in the AM. That is a good one. Uh, before that, you heard the Simcha Liner in a um, one of his very popular... He has a lot of popular songs off the brand new album, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of very popular songs. Uh, that one is called Nigun HaChachma here at JM in the AM. Simcha Liner is with us live via telephone. Uh, and the reason he's with us is the same reason that Baruch Levine was with us yesterday, uh, because they have an, an amazing partnership, an incredible duo that really, I guess, came to fruition with the uh, with the Project Relax album, and is going to be uh, completely in full swing on Wednesday night and Thursday night Chol Hamoed. And we'll have a chance, as I said to Simcha Liner more than once, we'll have a chance uh, to get him in studio and discuss, uh, you know, things in general, and obviously the. Brand new uh, SL2, Simcha Liner Volume 2 album. Uh, but today he's going to uh, speak with us about this big show coming up. Again, it's Muncie, Wednesday, Cholomoyed at the Yeshiva of Spring Valley. Uh, Brooklyn, New York, Thursday night, Cholomoyed at the Millennium Master Theater on Brighton Beach Avenue. Uh, JewishTickets.com is like, they got information about every Cholomoyed event you can imagine. So you can go there and order your tickets. You can also call for VIP tickets at 718 718- Six seven seven ten ten seven one eight six seven seven ten ten. Simcha Liner, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. 
pleasure to speak with you, sir, and a good yard to you. I guess you are, as always. Must be a great feeling to finally see this product. And in this case, I'm speaking about your album, not the one with Baruch for a moment. Must be an amazing feeling to finally see this product out there and being enjoyed by so many at this point. Yes, it's really, it's really a nachas, you know, Baruch Hashem. And uh, it's been such a whirlwind, especially after the project relaxed, to uh, just a few months later drop this one. Yeah, that's really. interesting. Literally, literally, just a few weeks after that, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, we were working on both uh, at the same time, and you know, when when it's ready, you release it. Did any? Wait? Yeah, I guess. Did anybody think twice about that? Did anybody think twice about the fact that you're on a high-profile CD and then you're releasing your own solo one just a few weeks later? <laughs> you know, I guess you could look at both of them helping each other. Right, that's true. Right? Um, but yeah, everything uh, we did have. Somewhat of a benchmark of the timing when to release, but uh, Hashem, we, we, we hit those uh, targets. You know, I saw Yochi Briskman last week, and I know that I'm going to reserve a lot of these questions for when you come into the studio and we have a chance to really do a full morning. But I saw him last week. I said to him, I said to him, so what are the sleeper hits? And he looked, and he looks at me with that look that you sometimes get uh, from people who you know absolutely. Love the CD from start to finish and basically said to me, you know, it's impossible to tell. Like one after the other, it seems everybody has their own favorite at this point. Yeah, this was a, a I was telling uh, Miriam Wallach yesterday, um, that there's, there was a really unique challenge on this album of how to, um, select the, the song placement, you know, right. one through ten, <laughs> which is usually, it usually just falls into place. And here we were going to print and we're like, we really don't know how to put this in order. You know, and you know what's such a unique uh, like blend of songs. And what's funny these days is that you know it, it's we're we're not as I, I shouldn't say this. I'm not an artist, but I would think we're not as serious about song placement because of the way people listen to music these days. Once they buy it and they you know put it in their system, but nonetheless, there's a there's a you know there's there's a I don't want to say um, well how should I put it? Nonetheless, there is a desire to put them in the right order, so to speak, right? That the album should have a, a flow that makes sense, that makes musical sense. Sure, and Project Relax in particular um, is medley, so it, right. we really, you know, it's almost required to listen to it in an order so that <laughs> songs flow from song to song. Um, but on the regular album, it's, it's yeah, absolutely correct. It's, uh, it's today with, um, you know, listening on a, on, a, on a computer or on an iPhone or even in the car, everything is just, you see the song list in front of you, you can jump around as opposed to having to stick your tape on a yeah. pencil and spin it around until exactly. you get to that song that yeah. you wanted. I remember those days. Simcha Liner's with us. We'll get to the shows in a second. Obviously, I reserved plenty of time to talk about that, but I just have to ask you that the, uh, the success of your first album, obviously that puts tremendous pressure when it's time to release a second one. Uh, are there certain formulas that you insist on following because the first was so successful, i.e., you know, whether it's the same composers or the same, you know, type of, uh, you know, musical style that you're using in the majority of the fast songs or the slow songs? Is there something that happened in volume one where you said to yourself, we've got to make sure to do the same thing the next time around? Um, it's interesting, you know, actually a little bit to the contrary. Hmm. Um, a lot of people who know my uh, musical styles and, and you know, taste to those who know me before I uh, signed, you know, or, or started producing music uh, in the mainstream Jewish music world, um, know that I, I tried to go a little bit out of the box, but still, you know, a little bit comfortable. Um, 
but to reach the mainstream and to reach the Hamonam, that is when I, I really started working with Yochi Briskman, who has that, you know, that touch of, of knowing what is commercial and how to uh, make something sound commercial that came from a little bit more of an out-of-the-box, you know, realm. So once the first album, you know, uh, spread the, the music to the world, the second album was really a little bit of an opportunity to get a little bit more creative than the first one. Yeah. And if you listen to a lot of the songs, I mean, Nigan Chachma, as you mentioned before, it's so out of the box. And, and we really didn't look to the first album to see, you know, what people want necessarily because there's so many exciting changes in technology and Jewish music that we just embrace the new changes. And I think uh, people really enjoy it. Well, he did a very good job at it. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to use the word musical geniuses because some of the people that surround you might even resent that. But I will say that people like Yochi Briskman, who you cited, seem to have a sense of what belongs where and what people will enjoy. And boy, oh boy. People wish they could buy that sense, if you know what I mean. The people wish they could obtain it somehow. There are just a few people out there that have an unbelievable, uncanny ability to understand what the people want and what they're going to enjoy. Yeah, and it's a real, it's a real uh, test and a challenge to an artist when you're working with a producer. You know, you wish it was instant gratification that they say, no, they want it to sound like this. Right. Two weeks later, the whole world, you know, is listening <laughs> to the song and they love it. It's not. It's a level of, you know of uh, culturing your you know your style and then months later when it hits the shelves and people are enjoying it he almost has an I told you so moment you know no question about it someone's always vindicated a few months later <laughs> not always the same person but someone's <laughs> always vindicated a few months later Simcha Liner is with us both Baruch Levine and Simcha Liner are together uh, well, I mean, look, the CD and then Baruch mentioned this yesterday so we, we know that it was an amazing project to do together and and all that, but the two of you, I don't know, I, I, I think even those who are not musical geniuses could have come up with this pair. There's something about the two of you appearing on stage together and doing a show together that just seems right. I'm sure as you're going through the preparations for Wednesday and Thursday, Cholomoid, you're getting the same idea. Definitely. We have uh, performed together um, tens of times, um, and after a couple shows of doing, you know, really intense duets and, and, and musical arrangements that incorporate both Baruch's music and obviously mine is much more, um, a much smaller amount of music to, to uh, play with, but still Baruch incorporated a lot of the music into his show, mm. which was a real honor for me at that time. And it just, it became obvious to us that there's a chemistry here that, that the crowd was really, really, you know, seeing and participating with. And that's what inspired the Project Relax album. And, you know, that obviously, people really enjoyed that. And it was an obvious next step to take that show on the road. Although, it's very important to mention that it's not a kumzit. You know, the album has that kumzit you feel at some right. point. It's a high-energy affair, right? <laughs> definitely. And while there will be a lot of Project Relax-inspired, you know, and duets and parts of the show that are, that are incorporating both our music... You can expect a full Barclavine show. You can expect a full Shumka Liner show. 
and then an extra treat in the middle of, you know, putting the two of us together. Yeah, no question about it. And I'm sure, you know, with the theme of Asamachta Bechagecha, we know that when people get together for Cholomoyed Sukkot, it's going to be a good time on the stage. So people should realize that it is, in fact, going to be a very high-energy night. Baruch Levine and Simcha Liner together with the Elchi Brisman Orchestra. It's happening in Muncie on Wednesday night, Cholomoyed, starting at 8 p.m. at the Yeshiva of Spring Valley. It's happening in Brooklyn on Thursday night, Cholomoyed, at 8 p.m. at the Millennium Master Theater on Brighton Beach Avenue in Brooklyn. As we said, JewishTickets.com has all the tickets you can imagine, and prominently feature the Baruch Levine Simcha Liner shows, both shows, Muncie and Brooklyn. You can also call for VIP seats at 718-677-1010. That's 718-677-1010. And there's an email address, Show at gmail.com, Show at gmail.com, and you could use that as well. Have you been anywhere uh, anywhere exotic recently at all? Well, I was hoping to see you at the, the recent wedding in L.A. again. <laughs> That's right. How would, that must have been a big, uh, that must have been a nice show, no? <laughs> it definitely was. I'm sure uh, I'll see you on the stage again soon. Near to Shem. Uh, no question about it. I, uh, I, I just don't know with artists like you, there are some artists who uh, have a very travel-filled summer and other, others who tend to stay in the area. What kind of summer did you have? Um, uh, I can definitely say uh, Newark Airport parking <laughs> attendants are greeting me by name. <laughs> They've got the Simcha Liner CD in their car at this point, I guess. Simcha Liner's with us. It's JM in the AM. We'll have an opportunity to talk about the brand new album even further today. We are talking about uh, Muncie in Brooklyn. Wednesday night, Cholomoyed at 8 o'clock up in Muncie and Thursday night, Cholomoyed at 8 o'clock in Brooklyn, New York. A sample for you, although I have a feeling if you're a listener of this show, you know the song already. A sample for you, for you from SL2. This is JM in the AM.
Simcha Liner is with us live via telephone. We're talking about uh, Cholomoid. Cholomoid, uh, Wednesday night up in Muncie. Cholomoid, Thursday night in Brooklyn, New York, with Baruch Levine, of course, and music by the Yochi Brisman Orchestra. That opens up the brand-new SL2, the Simcha Liner Volume 2 album. Simcha Liner is with us. Not that I'm one to uh, metal, uh, Reb Simcha, but uh, that would be an amazing way to open up the concert, you know. <laughs> I can't hear you. Want to say it again? I said that would be a waste of a great song. That would be a waste of a great song to open up the concert like that. I think the crowd would absolutely go nuts. <laughs> I think they'd love every second of it. But again, I'm not one to interfere. Whatever you decide, I'm sure will be will be a great opening. No question about it. Um, the and so and who's the composer of that one of the opening selection on the uh, album? That is uh, Mordechai Brizel, a young, very very talented composer who in the past. Three months uh, has songs on on countless new albums coming out. I'm amazed. I'll tell you, those are also like those are also diamonds in the rough, right? There are a lot of good composers out there. Finding one that everybody wants to use is always the exception, right? Yeah, and the the true unique you know uh, thing about Klal Yisrael and, and the Jewish people is that Mordechai Brizo is currently being coached, you know, by Yitzhi Waldner. Uh. 
in terms of how to compose a good song? <laughs> yes, working on his good composition skills, and, and that is something you'll never see, yeah. you know, in the secular music world. Yeah, it's good to have a good teacher, that's for sure. And if you're willing to be a good student, there's plenty to learn. Baruch Levine and Simcha Liner together, Muncie, Wednesday night, Cholomoides, Yeshiva of Spring Valley, and in Brooklyn, New York, the Millennium Master Theater on Thursday night. Cholamoid information, you could dial 718-677-1010, go to jewishtickets.com and purchase your tickets. And uh, I would assume, knowing the size of these theaters and knowing the popularity of Baruch Levine and Simcha Liner, I would assume, Simcha, that this is going to be a uh, a two-night sold-out affair. I, I would guess that's what you're expecting at this point. We hope so. Are you getting a nice reaction, by the way? Are people excited the two of you are together? Definitely. It's been a long time in the making, and... Uh... People are, are finally ready to embrace it. Right, we're ready to rock and roll, as they say. Uh, I wish you a wonderful upcoming holiday of Sukkis and a very energetic Cholamoid. Obviously, you're going to be very busy and making a lot of people very, very happy. And uh, we're going to wrap things up with Es Panecha, which is one of your uh, one of your great ones off of the brand new volume two. So we'll do that now here at JMNAM. And thank you, Simcha, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday night, Bezrat Hashem, up in Muncie, New York. Chag Sameach, Wednesday in Muncie at the Yeshiva of Spring Valley with Baruch Levine, and then uh, the two of them are together Thursday in Brooklyn at the Millennium Master Theater, starting at 8 p.m. at Brighton Beach Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Es Panecha, in fact, does wrap up this segment for us here at JMDA. Malcolm Holmline coming up from Israel and plenty more on a Friday Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Simcha Liner, I thank him for joining us. Wish him and Baruch Levine great luck on those shows, Cholamoid. We'll have more information about Cholamoid events coming up, of course, here at J.M. and the A.M. And, um... And um, I want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com who continue to utilize our material for their amazing news feed on their website. Check it out today. And, of course, a big thank you to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com as well. We could print out a million articles to read over uh, Shabbos and Yontif, and you'll have no shortage, I can guarantee you. Malcolm Holmline is in Israel, which always makes this segment even more exciting. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you all the time, but most especially from your shrine. Yeah, it is amazing. Just being connected with you in this way makes the listeners and all of us here much, much happier, that's for sure. And we wish you a very and uh, wonderful upcoming holiday of Sukkot. I, 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 what can I tell you? The, uh, Finally, it seems, finally, it seems that the Israeli police and the Israeli security and the Israeli military is ready, and maybe they finally have been given permission uh, to be ready to do this. They have uh, finally decided to crack down on the rocks, firebombs, and fireworks that are being fired at Israeli citizens, what seems now on a much more regular basis. You're there now. I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people. What can you tell us about the basic protection of the citizens that has been in high demand over the last few months in Israel? Well, I think that there are a, a number of factors. Uh, first of all, I think it has been tolerated too long. As you know, we have um, complained many times about the situation on Harazetim, and there were improvements made, but the situation is still intolerable that people can't go and visit their loved ones who are interred there. And now we see it spread again to uh, Harabayit, uh, to Al-Aqsa, as they call it, and keep saying that Al-Aqsa is endangered. Uh, I think the actions of the international community, UNESCO and others, um, where they identify the site as only holy to Muslims, denying Jews, but as well Christians, any uh, connection and denying and denigrating, diminishing our our much longer connection and the fact that this is the holiest site to Jews is the third holiest site to, to Muslims and that Muslims have a much more protected position than Jews in coming in terms of being able to go up there to pray or to to even to visit, and this this is used by the Palestinian Authority because it's Abbas himself who engages in the incitement. He sent the messages that Al-Aqsa is on under siege in, on the internet, arouses the other Arab leaders who come under pressure then from their citizens, including the reportedly King of Jordan who uh, they say is reluctant to talk to Netanyahu because of it, and he calls on him to address the violence on, mm-hmm. on our bite when the violence is instigated by the Palestinians against the Jews, and that they are they are given a privileged position. And the, the attempt to deny us our past, to deny us our future, is very clear. Yeah. And it's, it's no different than what ISIS does in destroying all of the ancient holy sites. They want to, to destroy, and they're willing to destroy the sites in order to, to deny us. And, and at just one point, you, you remember when Arafat did a lot of damage on Harabai to build the extension and stuff, and, and the, the dirt was taken to uh, Emmett Turim to, to go through, and they're still going through, and they'd say, we'll take many more years. But yes, this week, a young 10-year-old Russian uh, child found, a in the, as he was helping to sift the, uh, the dirt, they found 
something from the time of David Amalek and King David, a seal with important inscriptions. This is all in stuff that, that he, in desecrating the Temple Mount, uh, in, in order to expand the mosque at, uh, in Solomon's stables, um, uh, in fact, uncovered so many of these secrets. Yeah, and uh, how sad it was that, uh, I wouldn't say complicity, but there was uh, unfortunately not too much opposition at that time from the Israeli government. But anyway, uh, you mentioned the holy sites, and obviously they're so important, and we know about those episodes, but e- even more so, the drive-by shootings that people fear, and the rock-throwing on the roads that, God forbid, can, as we've seen very recently, can kill people. And, and I... You know, I has we mentioned last week whether we use the word or the term intifada or not. There's just a an air of I don't want to say fear, but it, but but until this point, until this commitment by Israeli security officials to make things more secure, there was an atmosphere that uh, that things were just not safe. I hope I hope this new commitment really changes this and, and takes us in a totally different direction. Well. Uh, we hope so as well, and we hope that they hold parents accountable. We hope that they will take uh, more steps. But I think it's a mistake to call it rock throwing. Um, not in your part, but in general, when the media and when the Israelis use the term, these are boulders. There are people standing, uh, standing on the side of highways, an 18 year old, 19 year old is an adult, and they hold boulders that they throw through a windshield. And some people die of heart attacks, not just from the accident, but the cars roll over. Other things, you know, there were 5,000 cases of, of throwing in, in, in 2015. 14 people have been killed in recent decades, not now, but over the decades. So it is deadly. It, is, it has to be taken seriously and has to be addressed in a serious way. And if you don't, then it just continues to, to e- escalate because they see that they can get away with it. Yeah, no question. All right, BB met with Putin, uh, one of the Times of Israel uh, um, uh, journalists, writers, wrote, when BB spent the full two and a half hours this week in the company of Russian leader Vladimir Putin, no doubt most of the time was indeed dedicated to figuring out how to prevent Israel and Russia from accidentally shooting at each other in Syria. Is that simplifying things too much? No, I think that that was a primary purpose that uh, there is a common identity in terms of what uh, they want in Syria, meaning to avoid a conflict between Israel and and Russia. And it, it's worth a minute to look at how far Russia has expanded its presence in Latakia, where they long had a naval base, but expanding their military bases, the military facilities, flying in uh, aircraft. They now have 28 planes. These are, are jet fighter planes that are stationed uh, in, in, the, in the Air Force safe. They are working with the, Iran, with the um, uh, government of Syria. But his, his purpose is, is uh, several fold. One, he wants to stick it to the U.S. Two, he wants to protect his interests in Syria. I would make that one. Uh, and that included keeping Assad in power. And if you've seen the French this week said, who have long called for Assad's removal, uh, that, they wanna, that they're willing to let him stay. What's also interesting is that France has started bombing in Syria because they got warnings from ISIS that ISIS was going to carry out raids on Syrian territory, on the French territory, and this is a preemptive move on, on France's part to try and, and prevent it. But the, the, the meeting 
also dealt, I think, with uh, the situations regarding Palestinians, the upcoming UN session where Putin is supposed to uh, come briefly. And you know that the Hezbollah acquired and used Russian anti-tank missiles since 2006, so for about 10 years. And they and Israel has hit convoys moving weapons uh, from Syria to Lebanon pro- provided by Iran, and they want to ensure that Russian aircraft don't enter it, don't try to cover for them, and that Israeli planes coming to take out such shipments are not going to end up in an uh, encounter with a Russian plane. So I think this new term, deconflict, to avoid misunderstandings and clashes, uh, has become the the word du jour. Uh, it was a word that Ash Carter used when he met with his uh, Russian counterpart as well. And the, you know, he, the president, the prime minister, made clear that the U.S.-Israel relationship is of foremost importance. I think was the term he used because he doesn't want people to exploit and say, well, they're supplanting the U.S. with with Russia. He's coming to meet the president November 9th. That is, Netanyahu is meeting the president in Washington November 9th. And I think we will see um, his remarks next week at the United Nations, also um, following the same lines as he has dealing with Iran, as is, is so necessary. And Iran is, is central to this, because the Iran Revolutionary Guard are in the Golan. Yeah. And for all the years that Assad was in power, he kept the Syrian border quiet, and he used to fight across the Lebanese border. Now, with, the, with Hezbollah in, in not wanting to see its missile taken out or it attacked, and the Iranians don't want to because its major um, defense against an Israeli attack is the threat that they would activate the 100,000 missiles in, in Hezbollah's hands. So they're now moving to heat up the Syrian border as the place where exchanges uh, take place. And Israel said they're not going to tolerate armament that Iran is, is sending it against them. They're not going to allow it to get to the hands of Hezbollah. Uh, and, and I think that that was the basis of the discussions, and from what the reports indicated, they were successful. So, uh, two things. First of all, for those who are now fearing, uh, oh my gosh, an Iranian-Israeli war, uh, let's remember there is already an Iranian-Israeli war. You've pointed this out a million times. The, uh, the, the proxy war being fought, uh, you know, by Iran through Hezbollah and other terror groups can certainly be considered an Iranian-Israeli war at this point, right? Absolutely. The other Absolutely. thing... Absolutely. And it's a good point, because you know, people forget when they read the story, so they remember it for a few minutes. But the fact is that Hamas and Hezbollah are Iran surrogates. Hezbollah gets the weapons and the funding from Iran. And with the additional funding, it's one of our major uh, concerns. And we know that suitcases of money went to Hamas in recent weeks and months. We know that uh, there are Russian soldiers who are refusing to support, to, to serve, in Syria and are rebelling against the assignment. So we know the, that the Russians are coming in there. The Iranians are there. Others are coming in now. We don't know to what degree America will now get involved because they're talking about a greater involvement as well. It is a very complicated and dangerous situation. But I think that Israel is actually in a very good position in, in this time. And I, I doubt that Iran wants to have the heat of conflict Either from Syria or Lebanon with Israel. Boy, that's uh, that's chilling when you when you publicly say Israel's in a good position. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I hesitate to even think that. The other thing is, what does it say about the Israeli military? What does it say about Israeli presence in the Middle East that Putin 
to this degree has to make sure that Israel is quote-unquote at bay. I know that, again, I know he's taking all precautions because of the advancements he wants to make in Syria and the support he wants to have for the Assad regime. But just the fact that he's this, I don't know, scared or respectful of what Israel can do is pretty amazing. Well, I don't think he's scared particularly about what Israel could do. Um, you know, Putin represents, uh, does not represent a superpower anymore. It is obviously a world power, but its economy is strong. He is ex- overextended because he can't carry on uh, the situation in Ukraine and Crimea as it is and deploy so many, so much manpower to Syria. So he has to draw down people from Ukraine to go to, to Syria. Also, he, he plays on the weakness of the West, as do the others. They see that the West doesn't stand up to them, that he can get away with it. Everybody tisks about it afterwards, but he just, he does it. He did it in Ukraine, in Crimea, and the world, you know, yeah, for a few minutes, they scream about it, yeah. and nobody's willing to stand up to him on it. And he's taking advantage of that. He sees that the, the West is weak, and he plays that weakness. He, this is their only forward base of its kind in the Mediterranean. So for him, it has great symbolic importance, even if less uh, military importance. If we uh, don't use the if we don't use the word superpower anymore, can we at least say regional power? Do they still uh, maintain that status? Still a power. Certainly, it's a power, right. and it's uh, you know it's an important country has a big military. But he has his own problems with his military because forty percent of his conscripts are are Muslims today, and the officer corps will be a majority Muslim within a few years. And the the big concern he has is, is about the uh, radicalization of the Muslim populations in Russia. So he, he has his own concerns about um, the ramifications of this. Second, he is showing the world, and, and I hear it from leaders, they say, look, Putin is a man of his word. He stands by his friends. That he, they see him going in and doing all of this for Putin or um, Assad. They're saying, well, he's a guy, a guy we can rely on. And they feel that they can't rely on the West. The West too often, you know, will yeah. demand human rights issues, other issues, sure. which are important. Mm-hmm. But don't understand the circumstances of each of the particular countries. Malcolm Holmline is in Jerusalem. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. We have a few minutes left. Uh, we're going to make room for both of Rayudin and some Holomoid events that are coming up. This is our final jam in the AM before Yuntif, of course. Uh, well, Malcolm did the smart thing. Everyone's wondering how to beat the UN weak traffic. He flew 6,000 miles away. That's how he beat the UN weak traffic over here. But of course, everyone's concerned, Malcolm, about what's happening inside the United Nations this week. What could you tell us, not just about the, uh, the fact that Netanyahu is speaking next week, which is something that we all look forward to, of course. Most people, I think, will, uh, in this audience at least, uh, will certainly appreciate his message. But in terms of the uh, movement of the PA and uh, countries not very friendly to Israel, what can we expect in the Coming days. Well, I think that uh, we saw the beginning signals with the raising of the Palestinian flag, some of the other resolutions that we hear being muted. I think that uh, it's going to be, we, we will hear some rhetoric we won't like, and Netanyahu will speak on on um, Wednesday of Halamite, on, on Thursday, October 1st, Thursday. Um, I think he'll have an important message about Iran, about other issues. And maybe about Palestinian peace. Everybody's watching what Abbas will say because he's saying that he's going to make an important announcement at the end of the speech. 
some thought he would resign, some thought he would end the uh, agreements, um, the past agreements. Others have saying saying other things, the Oslo Accords included. Yeah. Uh, so it's not clear what he's going to do. He will certainly take advantage of it, and I'm very much concerned. And we are working about the introduction of a resolution that tries to impose or promote uh, a peace process, um, not directly geared to the parties themselves doing it, but the outside parties uh, taking it. And that battle's been fought before at the U.N. many times, right? Every year, and to get away from that traffic, I will go to Mars. <laughs> it's so terrible because we also have the Pope today and tomorrow, but then the President coming on Monday always freezes the city. Every I am relegated to public transportation today, and you're complaining to me from Jerusalem? <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm describing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe me. Uh, and by the way, I went to the old city. We were at the hotel for a long time today. We went to visit some of the new sites at the tunnels and amazing new sites at the city of David that will blow people away, literally blow them away. Both the Ir David and Minerota Kotel, the tunnels of the Kotel are just amazing. I mean, really, people, and it is totally quiet. You walk without fear, so people shouldn't be afraid to come. You go off the streets, you walk around to, to Harabaya. There are Jews of all kinds here floating around, people of all kinds uh, joining them. So nobody should hesitate to, to come. Yeah, well, no question about it. And I, I'm, I hope that you'll see a lot of people there next week. It's probably one of the biggest tourist weeks of the year, holiday of Sukkot, and hopefully there'll be plenty of people there. Do you have any clue what percentage of the Israeli public would be for a military strike against Iran if necessary? And the reason I ask that is I wonder, as this buildup continues on the Syrian border and Iran is exposed for being responsible for that buildup, if that at all helps with public support for what might be an eventual attack from Israel. There is broad support for Israel to do what it has to do. There is broad support and understanding, uh, I would say, for Netanyahu's position and his actions and uh, they don't see except for some of them or extreme journalists um, as, as a failure and I think it's very important and for your listeners especially to know this was not a failure the, the outcome of the vote in the in the Senate and the House there was no vote the the if it had been, it had been one it would have been 8842 in the Senate right. and a similar majority in the House so this never passes raise question if it's even binding on future presidents for the fact that he didn't bring it to vote, that he did the closure rule that's being imposed and the attempt to override, et cetera, which enabled them to, to carry this with a much smaller uh, vote. So mm-hmm. I think people do not see Netanyahu as humiliated by the outcome. I think they see him strengthened and, and urging him to continue. Uh, and we are urging people to understand, and we issued a statement this week signed, by 51 of our national member organizations, a statement of Jewish unity, where even those on different sides of the issue on Iran came together, acknowledged we have to work together to make sure Iran does not become a nuclear power that unites us all, that the uh, concerns and uh, of those who were opposed to it, as well as those who may have supported it, the best alternative have very limited number of alternatives, uh, also had responsibilities uh, and to make our voices heard on an ongoing basis. Uh, I think to the attacks on the attacks on the Jewish the descriptions and all that, this is an attempt to diminish and divide us. We should not fall victim to it. 
This was not a defeat for the Jewish community. This was not a Jewish issue. It was an American issue. The American people in many polls were as much as 80 to 20 percent, but certainly at least two to one in every poll against the deal. And uh, as I said, the majority of the both houses would have ca- carried against the yeah. deal. I hope so, I, I hope people, people understand. Will not be dissuaded. Yeah, I hope people understand how important a message this is. Uh, it, you've made this point the last couple of weeks. It, it's really appropriate Shabbos table discussion. This topic of Jewish unity exactly. and moving forward. It's really appropriate, and I hope people uh, use the opportunity to speak to every generation about it because it is such a vital component. If you could, they should read the statement. But what you're saying is right. People have to talk about it because everybody talks about the Mahalikas, and this is an effort to hurt us. It's not people who are concerned about divisions in the community. They want to sow the divisions. They want to exploit it. Even can come from high sources sometimes. And we have to make sure that we not allow that to happen because that's the greatest danger to us. By the way, Malcolm, last point. Do you know that uh, the king of Swaziland, I'm not joking, this is totally serious, requested to be interviewed by me. It was supposed to be yesterday afternoon. It didn't work out. You know, he's here for the U.N. session, etc. And the reason was he wants to continue spreading the message that Swaziland continues to stand with Israel and communicate this message to the Jewish world. Pretty amazing, huh? It is. I hope he would vote, will vote and start to vote the right way in the United Nations. But many countries in Africa, and as you know, we send the governors of the banks of Africa, we send people from there. They all come back and say, just give us Israel, keep the U.N., keep the U.S. It's Israel. They have what we need, post-harvest reclamation, water reclamation, you know, dealing with drought, dealing with all sorts of things, all the high-tech. They are so alone with Israel. Yeah, no Unfortunately, the United Nations, they vote as a block. Right. But he and other leaders, and we have during this week many, many meetings with leaders who seek out the Jewish community because they want to have a relationship uh, with the American Jewish community. All right, if we do this next week on Cholamoid, we got to use a landline. I apologize to the listeners for some of the uh, breaking up. I wish you a wonderful Shabbos and a great Yontem, Malcolm. And hopefully we will, in fact, get together Cholamoid on Friday. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. A good Shabbos and a wonderful Chag. Malcolm Honline. Live from Jerusalem, which always makes this segment extra, extra special. He is Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Another reminder about the uh, some of the Cholamoid events that are going on. The three-hour Cholamoid event that Yerachmiel Begun has announced is called Cirque Miami, and that is going to star Miami, of course, uh, at the Millennium Theater in Brooklyn, Wednesday Cholamoid at both 2 p.m. and 6.30 p.m., Thursday Cholamoid at 2 p.m., that's right, two afternoon shows and one evening show, plus Benny and the Torah Kids, the BMX Stunt Show, the Jabali Acrobats, the LED Screen Battle, Nachas, Mark Garfinkel, the Illusionist, and so much more is really the premiere of Benny and the Torah Kids, and of course the Miami Boys Choir will be there. Three shows Cholamoid, all the information at jewishtickets.com. Or you can dial 718-419-6080, 718-419-6080. And before we get to Rabbi Yudin, I want to remind everybody that Rabbi Yudin has written a book that came out a year or two ago, Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha, subtitled Tomorrow We Have the Privilege. It's a Feldheim release, Mosaic Press publication. Uh, get it. Get it before Parsha's Bracious. That's it. That's as simple as that. You'll find it online. You'll find it everywhere. Rabbi Benjamin Yudin on the Parsha. We are highly recommending it. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. 
spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Wow. We are Erev Shabbos, Parshas Ha'azinu. Ha'azinu, according to the Chinuch, we've already had the 613th mitzvah back in Parshas Vayelech. According to the Ramban, however, Nachmanides, we have the last mitzvah in the early part of Hazinu, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havogodal Elokeinu, the mitzvah of reciting Birkas HaTorah, the blessings for the Torah, which the Jew recites every day. Shiras Hazinu, the song of Hazinu, is such a powerful uh, testimony for the Jewish people. The Ramban writes at the end of his commentary on Ha'azinu that if this song, which contains past, present, and future, this world and next world, if it were to have been written by a soothsayer, by an astrologer, to use his words, Miksav Echad Minachosim Akochavim had it been written by anybody, we would have to take it seriously because after all every single word of it has come true. All the more so that this comes from the very special prophet Moshe Rabbeinu. The song of Hazinu promises very strong word that there always will be a Jewish people. Literally, the destiny of God Himself is inextricably bound with that of the Jewish people as found in Parshas Azinu. But if one looks very carefully, and as we're told, Sha'al Ovicha Viagedcha, Zekenecha Viomrulach, which means, as we find in the beginning of the song, study history and learn from history. And we see such a pattern of history, namely, that when we unfortunately forgot where we come from, what our purpose is in this world, when we emulate the other nations of the world, when we worshipped their gods and their idols, then unfortunately we were punished and punished severely. As we're going to say, please God, this coming Monday in the holiday of Sukkos, because of our sins, Golinu, we were exiled from our land. And when we did Shuva, when we acted appropriately, when we served God, we see our history has shown Bishavtim Lovetach Ba'artsachem that we lived successfully, peacefully, prosperously in our land. And therefore, this song is a testimony to the destiny 
of the Jewish people. And we are ever reminded, Vayishman Yishurun Vayivat, of the pattern that when Israel becomes a little bit fat, that is to say, prosperous, then unfortunately he thinks that he can do it alone and doesn't need God. And the pattern repeats itself again and again. And in reality, the sukkah that pleased God, we are going to enter this coming Sunday night and Monday and throughout the week of the holiday of Sukkos is a literal implementation of the song of Ha'azinu. It's to remind us, say midiras keva, literally, leave your permanent dwelling place for the week, live in a literal hut, which is subject to the elements as a very strong reminder to us that He, capital H, is ultimately our protection. And this is such an important holiday of all our holidays. This is the happiest. This is Zman Simchasenu. And interestingly, the Vilna Gaon notes that in our prayers, that we say on each of the Shalosh Regalim, each of the three holidays, we say, God, you chose us. And this, says the Vilna Gaon, is referring to the holiday of Pesach, Passover, when God literally chose us and took us out of the land of Egypt. And we have Ahafta Osanu, you loved us. When did God show His love to us? By His giving us the Torah on Shavuos. And finally, the Ratzisa Banu. And you were satisfied more than that, happy with us, literally forgave us. This, according to the Gra, the Vilna Gaon, is the holiday of Sukkos because as we know, and as we find in the Shulchan Aruch, in the opening chapter of the laws of Sukkah, the Machaber, Rav Yosef Karo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, deviates from the way he begins all the other laws, and he begins by telling us, Basukos Teshu, Shivas Yomim. This is chapter 625 in the Shulchan Aruch, citing the verse from the Torah reading we're going to read this coming Monday. You are to dwell in Sukkos for seven days, as the Torah tells us, because we are to remember that God caused us to reside in Sukkos. And what does this refer to? Heim Ananei Kavod. This refers to literally the clouds of glory that enveloped the Jewish people in and during their stay and travels and living throughout the 40 years in the desert. And why does the tour, the Grah, so many ask, why do we celebrate and commemorate these clouds in 
the month of Tishrei in the fall, after all, the clouds of glory came to the Jewish people when we first left Egypt. So it would be more appropriate to have the Pesach Seder in the Sukkah. And the answer that the Grah gives is such a powerful one, and that is as follows, that Yom Kippur was chosen as the day of atonement for the Jewish nation after we sinned the sin of the golden calf this is the day the 10th of Tishrei that God forgave the Jewish people for that terrible sin on the morrow on the 11th of Tishrei Moshe said having shown that they needed something tangible a calf that they were to build a sanctuary a Mishkan to God the 12th and 13th were the days that everybody brought and they brought so much goods and services for this sanctuary that on the 14th Moshe had to call off the appeal and say that's it we have enough on the 15th when they actually began the construction of the Mishkan the sanctuary that is when the clouds of glory which had left them after the sin of the golden calf came back. God therefore showed that he was resuming that very special relationship with the Jewish people, Ratzisa, that God literally has that desire to dwell in our midst. And that's why the Torah tells us, Chagasukos Shivas Yomim Lashem, just as in the past he chose to dwell in our midst, hence the clouds of glory. Similarly, we construct a sukkah, and it is literally dedicated Lashem. Now, this is a very interesting dialectic. On the one hand, we treat the sukkah this becomes our home. We eat, we sleep in the sukkah. We study in the sukkah. We entertain in the sukkah. Married men are exempt in, from sleeping in the sukkah so that they don't have to cause discomfort for their wives. But the idea is that on the one hand, this is becoming our home. But on the other hand, we treat this home Kishem Shachal, Shem Shamayim, just as the sanctity and integrity of God is on the Chagiga, on a Korban, on an offering, so too does the Sukkah contain a degree of sanctity, not only from a technical point of view, that during the week of Sukkos. One could not take and dismember, take apart the Sukkah, use it for any secular purpose. No, but the Sukkah itself is to be treated with respect. We don't bring pots into the Sukkah. Forgive me, we don't bring a garbage pail into the Sukkah. Again, you keep it right outside. It shows that additional state of reverence that we have and the realization that we are literally implementing that which 
we resolved on Yom Kippur, we are literally implementing it in the Sukkah by basically saying, God, we are prioritizing. We're getting our values straight. While certainly the ideal is to live in the home throughout the year, but we transition from Yom Kippur to the home through the Sukkah by having a week which is an established period of time for us to absorb and to retain the values and reminding ourselves that ultimately our shelter, our protection all comes from above, comes from Hashem. There is as well as we know the mitzvah of the Arba Minim, the four species, the Torah tells us there is a mitzvah to take this coming Monday, the Esrog, the Lulav, the Hadassim, and the Aravos. One needs all four. Without all four, one cannot recite the bracha. One takes the Lulav, if one is a righty, one takes right-handed, one takes the Lulav, which has three out of the four, with the spine facing you, and the three Hadassim to the right, and the two Aravos, the three Myrtle to the right, and the two willow to the left of the spine and the esrog in your hand. On the first day we recite two brachos, al-natilas lulav and shechayonu, this coming Monday. And the proper way of doing it is because since the bracha is to be recited prior to the performance of the mitzvah, we pick up the esrog with the pitom downward and Given that one does not fulfill the mitzvah in such a way, one recites the bracha, Anatilas Lulav, turns it over, recites the Shechayonu, and shakes the four species in all the different directions. In terms of the mitzvah of sukkah, we trust and pray that, well, let's remember, it doesn't R-A-I-N usually in the land of Israel. And we pray that we will not experience it as well on Sukkos. But should it R-A-I-N on the first night of Sukkos, the halacha says you're supposed to wait. Wait approximately half hour, 40 minutes, etc. And then when unfortunately if it's still raining, what do you do? You put on your raincoat and you go in the Sukkah and you make Kiddush in the Sukkah and then you wash and you take a piece of challah, a kezayis, and you go into the sukkah, and you make hamotzi. You don't make a leshe basukkah in the rain ever, never. Okay? And then you go and complete the meal in the house. When and if it should stop raining, you would then go back into the sukkah, take your challah, even if you've benched already, you would go back, take your challah, and make hamotzi, you'd wash, make hamotzi, and make the bracha, leshev basukkah. The first night of Sukkos is so important. A rabbis learn it out from Xera Shava with matzah, that just as one must eat matzah on the first night of Pesach, so too one must eat in the Sukkah. And so, if you haven't as yet done so, invite 
pause, think for a moment. Think of those neighbors down the block, wonderful people who for whatever the reason don't yet have their own sukkah. Invite them into your sukkah. Invite them if you can for Sunday night. Invite them in during the week of sukkos for a kiddush. Invite them in for a meal. For giving them the opportunity to experience this very special Zman Simchasenu. The holiday of Sukkos is called Chag Osif. It's the ingathering of the harvest. But the Sukkah, and especially the where the Torah tells us, Kol Ezrach BeYisrael Yeshvu BaSukkos. The Talmud says that ideally all Israel could sit in one sukkah. It's just the fact that we don't have one large enough, but the idea is that now that we were brought together in harmony, in joy, in friendship, and love through Yom Kippur, the sukkah should be a further implementation thereof. And the Arba Minim, the four species that we take, not only re- represent the four different parts of our body, the Esrog, the heart, and the uh, Lulav, the Shedra, the spine, and the the lips and the aravos, the eyes. Not only that, but the idea of the concept that the four species represent the four different kinds of Jews and the bringing together. It's a very special holiday coming up. A holiday of Hallel. The Hallel that we didn't sing on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We get to sing, please God, this coming uh, Monday and throughout the week of Sukkot. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a very special Shabbos of Parshas Ha'azinu, of being uplifted by the promise of the destiny of the Jewish people and the celebration, one and all, in this very special holiday forthcoming of Yom Holiday of Sukkos. Shabbat Shalom and a wonderful Yom Tov. J.M. and the A.M. Just want to remind everybody before we introduce our special guest that Menucha, this amazing organization that stands for a retreat, respite, referral, support group, etc., and brought to our attention by our good friend uh, Yoli Steinberg. They have a spectacular event going on the second day, Cholamoid, on Thursday. Uh, join them at the Aviator and your kids will sail away. <laughs> They're having a big two-hour sailing cruise with fun and entertainment leaving Pier 7 at 1040 that morning. It's a special treat for Migdal campers and counselors as well. Uh, so you can be there that day with bouncing rides, live music entertainment, magician David Blatt, barbecue, grill, lunch, and much, much more. Aviator Sports and Events Center, Floyd Benefield on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn. Again, a Camp Migdal Menucha production information at 718-732-0508. You are listening to JM in the AM. Hashem Shir Kadosh, he may fly so so. I see a lot in me now. She knew Hashem Shir Kadosh, he may fly so so. I see a lot in 
Tradition. I know it's not Erev Yom Tov yet, but we all agree that basically it is Erev Yom Tov. I know it's not, but it is. <laughs> Erev Yom Tov tradition. It's Ellie Gerstner and Yessi Newman as we talk about YBC Live and their upcoming plans for Chol Hamoid. Gentlemen, Martov, welcome back to JM and AM. Yes, Martov. How did it go? How did Yom Kippur go? Uh, rocking, man. Really? Rocking. Fine and dandy? Yeah. <laughs> fast wasn't fast enough for you? But you? Did you dive in this year? I did, thank God. I'd love to be part of your minion, Nachum. Would you? Sure. You know the best part of Yom Kippur? First of all, how do you stand so long? I know, it's rough, but thank God we made it through. I finished Reglishman yesterday, my ankles. They're killing <laughs> Well, I'm Charlie Horse today because of it, what? but whatever. Do you know the best part of Yom Kippur, in my opinion? And I sort of said this on Erev Yom Kippur. Afterwards? Is Lel Yom Kippur. Oh. <laughs> Tuesday night, those slichas, especially if you use the right nigunim, are just amazing. And you're not hungry, so it's not like, you know, and you have nowhere to go. Right. So, I don't know. For some reason, for me, it's my favorite night of the year. I love Lel Yom Kippur. <laughs> That's your favorite night of the year? Favorite night of the year. Not the first night of Hanukkah. <laughs> no. Lel Yom Kippur, Kol Nidre. That is your <laughs> favorite, favorite night. That's favorite night of the year. Right. I, I like Yom Kippur. I do. Yeah. yeah well, Dudu Fisher has been in that chair and has said many times it's his favorite day of the year. And believe me, he works hard that day. <laughs> you know, like, trust me. But anyway, one of our other favorite days of the year is right. Cholomite Sukkot. <laughs> and Cholomite Sukkot, and you did something really smart. You did something really smart. You're, I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, as I've already demonstrated, my memory is not great this morning. Uh, I assume it's the first time in a long time you're playing Bergen County, New Jersey. Am I correct? That's correct. And you know that you have... An incredible fan base there. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. We, we uh, I mean, last time we were in Bergen Pack itself was like four years ago. But you know, we 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 get really like they're very very emotional. The North Jerseyans yeah. no and Muncie people. I mean, they get very emotional. They email us and, and they call us. Also. Sure, and they call. And they, why, why aren't you know? Why do we have to stop the Brooklyn every time? And um, and we just came out, you know, we, we did the Pesach show with Shweki, and it was it was just so incredible, thousands of people, and it was just like, it was really just insane. Remember that theater? Yeah. Unbelievable. Beautiful, beautiful Will place. anyone ever be back in that theater or not? In no. Your Never. Probably not. It will be unaffordable for people yeah, to go to that theater. That's we how really hot this place out. is. Yeah. 
That was the one, for those who remember, don't remember what was the name of it. The, the Kings. Right. And, and the and new one in Brooklyn, or the new renovated one right. in Brooklyn. Right, so anyway, it's the most gorgeous theater I've ever been yes. to. Um, and we, Will we see video from that show ever? Well, maybe maybe segments, but not not actual, it won't be actual DVD. No, it was really an incredible show, an incredible place. And... Um, but yeah, it's just completely uh, not to minimize Bergen Pack. You know, it's got its own charm, but yeah, it has doors. It's, it's, right, but it's going to be a little different. A stage. Right, but it's going to be a little. Different. No, no, it's different. No, no, yeah, we we know we we loved it. We were there a few yes. times already. It's a real professional place. It's really yeah, really true. nice, and you know, um, all the greats have been there. You know, and um and and we're really looking forward, and we have a really great show. Um, did you consider? Because these arenas are few and far between at this point, and not all of them are accessible, affordable, whatever else, did you consider passing on Sukkis, or did you say, you know what, we're going to be somewhere and give our fans a treat no matter what? Well, I mean, listen, we, we, we discussed it obviously a yeah, lot. Yeah, I could imagine. You know, and, we, and, and we're also saying, like, you know, we're, we're all over the place. So, like, you know, you know, maybe we should, you know, it was talked about, but then right away Jersey came up saying, like, you know, we're just... Well, Pesach will be back in New York, right. and we can't not do it. It's like we we have, you know, we 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 see the ticket people, all the all the names that that buy tickets, you yeah. know, and they need it every six it's months. The same people. <laughs> they need their YBC fix every six We're, months. I think we need our YBC fix. <laughs> right. But also Cholamite. I think Cholamite right. is, you know, you, you do the trip in the morning and then you go to a concert at night. Right. Don't let, go, don't let it go by without yeah. there being. Something. So we couldn't we couldn't have like just one Cholamite without anything. So YBC live, Yeshiva Boys Choir, the Chevra, of course. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ellie Gerstner, Yaakov Mordechai Gerstner, all together, Cholamoid, uh, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. at the Bergen Pack, which is 30 North Van Brunt Street in Englewood, New Jersey. You can go to YBCLive.com, as we keep pointing out. JewishTickets.com has everything up there. Whatever people are looking for, they'll find there. And this will be your Sukkis 2015 performance. Uh, I always ask you, Video, you, you're going to video. So we video now. every time, you know, just just and to have, is, uh, you know, and and. But uh, it's true that people can. Yeah, yeah, they may find themselves yeah, yeah, on the yeah, actual 100%. video. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I mean, we're actually releasing our our DVD um, from the last couple of years. Hanukkah. We, we, uh, so that's we're very excited about that, and yeah. a new single, and 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 new music video, and just it's like over two hours worth of stuff. It's really, uh, you know, I got into so much fun. I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I always say, if I'm interrupting, it means I'm interested in the guest. <laughs> I had a conversation this morning with some Liner. We're talking about composers and all that, right? Oh no, this was not Simchalai. This was yesterday with Baruch Levine, and we're talking about compose. And he, I, I shamefully did not realize that he composes all his material, which sure, is unbelievable. Sure. He's great, Baruch. Now you, we can say, also compose all your material, right? Well, basically, yeah, with, with I'm Yossi. saying with Yassi, yeah, yeah. you guys are. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it all. We had a drop from David Nachman, like three right. songs in total. And Chevra, well, that, that, yeah, is your material. Yes. Yeah. Now he said, you wouldn't believe Nachum how much, and some of this is the material that he frankly sells. You wouldn't believe how much is left unused. How oh, much? Sure. What does your unused pile look like? I always got. I, I, you know, I used to say the number very freely, and and. And my wife gets upset at me now. But, uh, <laughs> but it's in the hundreds, right? <laughs> I, I've written over two thousand songs. So let's say I let's say. But we then you also, if you scroll down a phone and you see all the, you know, when you're stuck in traffic and you make up three songs, <laughs> we're not counting those. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, I am. <laughs> you, you have, you have. One second. You're not counting. I know. Them. I know it's late on a Friday, but let's digest this for a moment. You've composed over two thousand songs. Sure. I mean, I, I, like yesterday. Now, especially with phones, I, I can actually show you over a hundred just in voice notes in the past couple of months, you know, a few months, so let's say a year in my phone. 
What are the most used words in Ellie Gerstner composed songs? The nine, nine, the, nine, nine? No, it depends on the traffic, <laughs> by the way. Same one. No, but for instance, do you have five Osir Shalom's, or once you write one, you'll never write another one? Do I have an Osir Shalom? Well, have whatever. One. I mean, whatever. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, do you have a go to words? Yeah, go to words. Anything for a wedding, and that's why there's so many right. Yishamas and, and How many Yishamas have you written? A lot. How many? Well, well, a lot, and I don't think I put any of them out. You've uh, yeah. never recorded. You've never released Any an Odi Shama, but you've written yeah, five words. But I've released three of my Miadirs. One of them that Karot Uyasi. Ellie and I have been friends for many years. We have our our biggest rule is try to stay clear of the obvious words. Which right. Is, right. Yeah, we've oh, discussed this before, right? We've discussed this before. You want to stay with those. And, and, and sometimes, though, a song will come up like the Miadir we wrote together. Have you heard your Miadir at weddings? Sure. Yeah. I sing it all the time. I played it at a few chuppos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. uh, yeah, yeah. So, Baruch Hashem, that, that's not, that was, that, that was not, it's never our intent, you know, to whatever, but we always, when we sit down together and try to figure out which songs we're putting on. How long has the choir been in existence now? 2003. Has any kid demonstrated the ability to compose? Anybody that you mentored that demonstrated the ability to compose? Um, now that they're older, obviously the original groups? Well, I, we have in Hevra. I mean, again, Davin Nachman, like we mentioned before. I mean, he's, he can compose. He's a great, yeah, he, he co-wrote Shema Kaleinu, right. which is which is a big song for Chavra and and Laman Das for YBC. Have you ever seen yeah. a young kid compose a song? Or that's impossible. My brother has he has composed? Sure. At what age? Very young. A song I would have heard of or not? Very young, and unless you're by a YBC show, no. But he and he's now. Why he introduced one of those songs at a YBC yeah, show? Yeah, sure. And and he's written and now he's like writing stuff. He's showing me stuff that he wrote. Na- he's writing now, and they're really great. And does we're he have? Be using does them. he have more raw talent than you? And be honest for a second. Well, you know, I it, for, he's extremely extremely talented. But there's one thing that he has that I never had, uh-huh. and that is from diapers. He was in a studio, like, right. and I, I didn't even I didn't know what a studio was till I was eighteen. You know? He was nurtured in a studio. So, so she had like, I didn't, I never, I just for me, right. my musical, you know, training was tapping on tables. Right. He was actually in front of a drum set and on a piano, me telling him what a, a minor is. So, th- so there's just a whole different thing. Like Yossi also, he had to train himself in, like in high school, you know, right. and piano. So he's has the ability of going way past wherever does, I went to does where it frust- went. Yeah. Does it frustrate you that I'm fascinated by this stuff? <laughs> frustrate? No way. This it's is unbelievable. Crazy. Who is the Hever now? Do I know the Hever guys now well, or not? Who's the Hever guys are still basically the Hever guys. You know, it's the, from the Hever 4. You know, right. Zelenov, Sperling, and Nati Abura, and uh, Israel Zilverberg, and uh, Eli Shalom. Nice group of guys? And, yeah, and, and the old, the old, the old. They'll great, all be on all stage nice. Wednesday? Yeah, actually, we're having one guy that that's Neretz Yisrael that mm. past, past year we had we have another guy that's, that's been uh, filling his place little Amazing. stand in huh little understudy uh, understudy <laughs> playing um, the role of incredible 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 <laughs> and uh and and the, you know these guys are going we're going all over the place with them they're just they're just uh, energetic and people are really interested and people love to see them you know yeah. I, I we have more people asking about you know is Chaver doing Amidu? Is Chaver doing Chai? Like people are really into it. Like, I'm you know, I've worked if with they you guys don't, great guys. if they don't do Amidu, hmm. of course, are you, you're finished. Very popular environment. Yeah, it must be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, very popular. And Yossi, Yossi is the was it popular in camp? It must have been popular in camp. Everywhere, well, Amidu, yeah. Amidu, Amidu is, is very big. Is, but Chai, Chai, that's your song, right? Yeah, and Chai and Amidu. I'm playing. If I'm DJing a job, it's at every single job. And yes, and and yes he's a choreographer oh, for Forever. Also, I saw you at my cousin's wedding in Lakewood, right? Right. Yes. Just in See, May or the June. second you walk into a simple, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite obvious that Nachum is in the house. <laughs> Thank you. I guess <laughs> the Yeshiva boys and the Chev 
Silver, and together with Ellie Gerster and Yaakov Mordechai Gerstner on Cholamoid in Bergen County. That means, as you said, Muncie, Passaic, well, Washington Heights. Oh, we're, it, we're, we're 35 minutes right, from, from Brooklyn, so like we're, right. we're still seeing a lot, a lot of Brooklyn. But right. yes, we are here. Like, you know, we keep saying, we, we got your emails, we got your phone calls, we are answering, and we are coming here. So now come, come we to us. We have a lot of Teaneck kids in the choir. Oh, are they? Yeah, right, a sure. bunch of soloists. These kids are oh, great. my gosh, you'll fill great, up just on their families. group of yeah. boys. Yeah. Assuming they're home for Yontif, you'll... Yeah, we're you'll not f- opening it to the public. <laughs> you'll yeah. fill up on it's their close. Sorry, everyone. You're like close concert. Yeah, we got like 500 kids it's in the choir. It's funny, because Yeshiva boys, the... the How do I put this? The, um, the bulk of their membership... The geographic areas have changed over the years. Yeah. yeah you used to have a lot Long Island, Far Rockaway. Yeah, in New York. Right, you know, in New Yorkers. It's, it's building up again. Long Island's building oh, up yeah? again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, five towns. They're showing up again, which is good. It's, but, and it doesn't matter. If you could sing, you could dance. Talent. As long as you keep the yeshiva and yeshiva boys, everyone's exactly. fine with it, right? Absolutely. I know it's and now Yossi's growing a beard, so I think we're yeah, going like that's, that's why. Right. That's why Yossi has to be a camp counselor all whole night. Exactly. To make sure it stays to be yeshiva. I'm always switching it up. Big yamka, small yamka, beard, no beard. <laughs> hey, a beard, I got a big yamka. Like, we're just going. Hey, yeah, Ellie has a big yamka now. Yeshiva, exactly. <laughs> Information about all of this for Wednesday night, YBCLive.com, and go to JewishTickets.com. Ellie Gerson, Yossi Newman, it's a Friday before Sukkot at JM in the AM. Yes, he Newman jinxed me when he said he's a great DJ, because <laughs> I obviously am not a great DJ. I meant to hit one of the YBC classics, and I hit the wrong one. It's fine. Dove Stein's great. Dove Stein is great. And, and, you, and, you, and, and you had a good time uh, composing for him. Yes, that's that's yeah, exactly. That was like Kiva Khar. It's a great song. I was like, oh, wow. I can't hear Kiva All right, give me something off of YBC Live 3 that I could play for a minute or two for our audience. YBC right Live 3. Yeah, give me something we could play right now. Uh, well, you could do uh, Shab- Shabchi Remix. Should we do oh, that one? sure, that's yeah, fun. Sure. Is that a good one? All right, here it is at JM in the AM.
in the AM. It's um, YBC. They'll be live at Bergen Pack with uh, the Chevron and Ellie Gerstner and Yaakov Mordechai Gerstner. It's happening Wednesday night, Cholamoid, YBCLive.com. Tune in Wednesday. We'll go through all the Cholamoid events on Wednesday morning. And, of course, you can go to JewishTickets.com, find all the information. I was thrilled to see, and I mentioned this yesterday, I was thrilled to see that, again, Ellie Gerstner is working, uh, Ellie Gerstner and Yossi Newman are working with uh, Alan Hirsch, who we know supports a lot of very needy people, especially in Hebron, but really other parts of Israel as well. Uh, and proceeds will benefit what I'm going to call Alan Hirsch's project. Ellie, uh, you want to expand on that a drop? Yeah, so so really quickly, uh, basically we, we try to bring awareness to certain tzedakahs that, you know, that don't have, let's say, the big... So we, right. uh, Alan Hirsch is obviously the, the one that represents here in New York certain organizations and tries to help them out. He's just a pure neshama that just goes out there M- Most well-known for raising money before for, Pesach for the and distribute to people in 20 different communities of Israel, especially Yudan Shomer. Right, and he raises all this money for these poor people right. that just don't have, don't have matzah to eat and don't have futi on, on, on Yantef. Uh, recently, because of the success of our bringing awareness to that project, he asked us to bring awareness to something called the Achnath of Chevron. Which he had established many years ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he just, again, he sees that we right. have this amount of people, thousands of people here. Right. Let's try to bring awareness to this organization. And I speak about it on stage. And sure. and, and what they do is is really is that, you know, let's say, uh, you come to uh, Marcel Bela and you have, let's say, you know, all the food, the kiddush there. We've had it. There's a kitchen that's <laughs> right. being, so there's money that has to be raised for those people. Right. And the Onik Shabbos they do. Shal Shudis and, right. and, and the kiddush. I think Shal Shudis every week they do. Every week. Yeah. And again, all this stuff has... Someone's paying for it, and that's... You've been to Chavrim Chayisar or not? No, never Chayisar. Right, so you and I have to go next. But, go ahead. Yeah, so it's, I heard some wonderful. My friends it's unbelievable. Amazing. So I've been there, and I, and of right. course, I've gone to Chavrim or Zachbele, and fine. So now, um, because of the Matzah Fund, and because of the Achnasas Archim of Chavrim, we bunched it together and called it the Achnasas Archim of Chavrim Fund. Right. Not knowing that there's actually something called the Chavrim Fund. Of course. Who is run by amazing people and also an incredible organization. So because of, a, of the thing of achdos and because of whatever, we're all about just trying to promote uh, unity. Uh, unity and amazing organizations that do amazing things. So now I also want to speak about the Chevron Fund as well and what they and you will do, mention them and they're talking. Of course, we're going to talk about it at the show as well. But they're they're actually going out there and actually helping the people of Chevron, uh, whether they're poor or whether not they're helping the soldiers that are there. Um, you know, and they and they and they do incredible, incredible work to try to bring people to come to Chevron. And look, we've highlighted the activities of the Chevron Fund a million times here at this radio show. They do do amazing work, and uh, we'll continue to highlight them. And you know what? So I'm so happy to be able to. Yeah, to, no to need for bring confusion. awareness to both. No need for confusion. Right. If anyone supports any of them, they're doing good stuff. Exactly. Simple as that. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and that's it. You know. I know now the I didn't know this. I go to Chevron and and I I got my had to give myself a tour and walk around and right. do what I have to do. I mean Alan Alan of course was able to help me out there. Right. But if you want a tour, you know okay. Chevron, you Simcha go to chevronfund.com Chevron and Simple they hook you up with a great amazing tour there and show you around. And uh, anyway, all incredible people and all incredible tzedakahs to promote and to help. So please give. To both. YBC Live, uh, Wednesday night, Cholamoid, 7.30, the Bergen Pack on North End, Brun Street, and Englewood. Go to YBCLive.com and support the funds that we just spoke about. The Chevra is going to be there that night. Uh, Ellie Gerstner, Yaakov Mordechai Gerstner, and you have your chance to possibly be, as we always say, in a future video of um, the Shiva Boys of YBC Live. 
So you already revealed in this conversation, we have a couple of minutes left here, you already revealed that um, brand new YBC Live, I guess we'd call it DVD, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be released Hanukkah time. Hashem. I always ask you what you're working on these days. Is there anything special in the works? Well, a lot, I mean, a lot of things, obviously, but, um, but we're, we're, we're right now picking songs for our next album. Next though we're means a YBC finishing album. YBC Live DVD, but like right. we're still working on now the next issue is quite actual. Who, does anybody have 51% of the decision or this is 50-50 when it comes to which songs should be on the... You know how we work? I'll tell you how many yes you work. I, give, I take Ellie's phone. He takes my phone. I scroll <laughs> through his... Uh, how many yes you work, really? And, and this is what's really people don't hop about our marriage of my me and Yassi. <laughs> yes we're both so passionate this is how, we became friends when we were teenagers and we were like always just passionate about Jewish music and this is not a joke this isn't like any, and this is really what it is like Yassi is the first one to compliment me on my song and I'm the first one to compliment him on his song and like we're so like just we also are, are so aware people that are not composers by the way they're always complimenting the composer saying right. oh wow talented blah yeah, blah blah of course we but appreciate as it. composers we know that really just songs just really just pop out Baruch Hashem if you have it it just pops out and because of that you know it's very nice a to get a skill compliment. I am jealous of but we also we, we say it how it is also I mean if it's great right. I'm like Ellie that's amazing and like when both you know back yeah. when I'm like that was the best low part high part you know and right. then he'll come back and forth and we'll work on it and what's we'll the most together. recent song you composed oh um and did he hear it yet no, no, no. He has not heard it. Yet. There's probably no, a hundred songs for me. There's a hundred songs that Ellie has. To so, hear. which is there a recent song that uh, you worked on together that you just decided in the last couple of days is going to make well, the album? Last couple of days, we actually just released a music video, perfect yeah. collaboration of both yeah. of us, uh, Kiavi, right. Zach music video. Baruch Hashem is doing amazing, and it's a very energetic song. Of course, we're doing it at the show, right. and um, that's yeah. that's a co-written. And that song is co-written, co-written. and and see that's uh, the story behind that song. Like y- Yassi came to me with a song, and 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 it was again with the words of Kiavi and Chazak. I didn't necessarily, you know, go for let's say the, the the high part of the song. So then I wrote another high part and I played to Yasin. Yasin would have said to me, "Oh gosh, that's a terrible song," you know, whatever. <laughs> but he loved the song, and then I ended up put, writing a bridge to it, and then we put the dance track to it. And his low part is like this, like really energetic, you know, uh, choppy verse, which is perfect for a dance song. And and altogether, this song became a song, you know. And 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 this is. But this is our collaboration. This is how we do things, you know, and, um, and, and Baruch Hashem, I mean. It sounds like uh, what I always say about great partnerships, the, the sum, the, the, oh gosh, I can't even think anymore. Uh, we always say it, so. It's greater than the sum of the two parts. How do you say it? The product, the, the end result is greater than the sum of the two parts. It sounds like it only works because you're able to each give all oh, this energy that, teacher. That, that's for sure. We right. see it in so many, even in Jewish music, we're yeah, sure. mentioning names. How many right. times guys yeah. come together, 100%. huge hits, and they break apart, and all of a Correct. sudden, you know, and people are like, oh, but he's just a. And the great groups of all time, same thing. I mean, just, you know, yeah, 100%. So, and, but that's what we know, and, and you know, uh, as as us, you know, and, and as as friends, and as. Yeah. But really, we're first Jewish music fans. I mean, that's really how it is, yeah. and that's how it is till now. Pretty amazing. Uh, it's uh, Ellie Gerstner and Yassi Newman. Uh, YBC Live comes to Bergen County on the night of Wednesday Cholamoid with uh, the Chevra, Yeshiva Boys, of course, the Chevra. How big is the Yeshiva Boys now? How many uh, kids are in there? Right now, around 50 kids. You always are on the, you always are on the larger side. You're always on the bigger number. Yeah, but what we'll have, we'll have, uh, 
like 30 on stage, 28 right. to 30 on stage. You know, right. but you're always like kids are coming and going. The bullpen's always full with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Farm system. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Not even the bullpen. It's a farm system. Right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. I like that. Ellie Gerstner, Yaakov Mordechai Gerstner, Cholamoy Wednesday. Incredible new talent, by the yes. way. Yes. We should really Very like. excited. Really incredible new talent. I, I you know, every, we, you we get nervous. To name names, right? We really get nervous because, you know, we have some really amazing soloists that just left us, right. you know, uh, aging out, right. you know, and, uh, you know, and we were like, oh, you know, and then a new batch. I mean, yes, yes. you know, where we picked up a couple of kids that were, that but everyone should always know that keep, some people always scared to try out. We're always, yeah, every go week. for it. Yes, exactly. Go for You'll it. never know. So come on, guys. Come a on. Shout out to like Yehuda Turner and Shlemy Gitlis, right? I mean, how many kids, yeah. uh, were, were, I know I'm just, once I those names, now I'm in trouble, right? Nah. I said, but, but certain Old people, like, were really, like, lifers. Yeah, we've had was five, six years. Yeah, and, and, and they graduated. We so, miss them. Yeah, we missed them, and uh, we welcome the new kids, and they're very excited about it. YBCLive.com and, of course, JewishTickets.com. We'll have further information, obviously, on Wednesday once Yontif and gentlemen have a uh, good jar and a wonderful Yontif, and we'll see you Wednesday night at uh, the Bergen Pack. Without Thank mentioning you. what it is, by the way, yes, you don't even know, but there is a huge surprise happening at the show. Hmm. Cool. And, uh, then I'm really coming. Excited. And I have no when idea. When we get off the is. air, I'm going to tell both of you, but huh. really huge, and I can't wait to show everybody what it, what, what it was about. It's really something that we should all, uh, you'll all hear about it afterwards. All right. It's really Thank incredible. you to all the kids and all the parents who are working so hard getting ready for Cholomite. Thank yeah. you. Good luck to both of you. Ellie Gerstner, Yossi Newman, a very exciting Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM and AM. Candle lighting at 628 on this Erev Shabbos at JM and the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dow Broadcasting Live. In the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos, a wonderful holiday of Sukkot. I am back Wednesday morning, Cholomoid. Join us for all the latest Cholomoid information for a lot of fun on Cholomoid. And uh, Matis, of course, with JM Sunday coming up on Sunday morning between 7 and 9 on an Erev Yontif. Table for Two Encore is next with Naomi Nachman hosting Dini Klein from Dini Delivers and uh, Sushi Turin of Cooking in Heels. Uh, they're going to be together uh, during this encore of um, Table for Two. And then, of course, all day long on our stream, our incredible Erev Shabbos music mix. Make sure you keep it. Thank you to our friends at Kedem. And make sure you keep it there all day long. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend, and a fantastic holiday of Sukkot. Till Wednesday, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.